uctoday.com. Hello and welcome to our Microsoft Monthly edition of Out Loud. As always, there is loads of Microsoft news, but July has been a particularly busy month. Normally, this podcast is dominated by updates from Microsoft Teams, and there are loads of updates for that. But the biggest news is that Skype for Business Server 2019 edition has been released in public preview. As always, our Microsoft expert from Modality Systems, Tom Arbuthnot, joins me on the podcast to talk me through all the news. Have a listen. Happy July, Tom. It must have it's been a really, I mean, we all, you seem to be always saying this, but this has been a particularly busy month. Yeah, it really has. It's been end of like second calendar quarter for Microsoft. So lots of stuff driving towards their um, MS Inspire partner conference as well. So a lot of the modality team have been out there. I didn't go out for that one, but there were five or six from our team out there. And yeah, lots of new Teams features and some new Skype news as well. Well, so we'll, we'll come on to Inspire, which I was watching and looked like a, a rock concert, I think, more than anything from the <laughs> videos I saw on LinkedIn. But but the really big news, you, you were telling me when, when we sort of do our prep for the podcast, is the um, Skype for Business Server 2019 version public preview. Yeah, so that, that's really uh, what a lot of people have been waiting for is obviously a lot of focus and a lot of development is on cloud and cloud solutions and customers are moving in that direction. But there is a, a bunch of people still using Skype for Business Server on-premises. And, and not just Skype for Business Server, but Exchange and SharePoint as well. I always feel slightly sorry for Skype. It's like we're neglecting it. But now it is, you know, this this is big news. Because as you said, there are a lot of people who who need that, that on-premise capability that, that, that Skype Server Yeah, offers. it's definitely not the golden child anymore of Microsoft. And, you know, all the marketing budgets are not going on promoting Skype anymore, for sure. So it's, it's, it's really the ground roots, like you say, on-premises customers who still want it. For example, they need to do compliance call recording. They have data reasons, data sovereignty reasons to keep it on-premises. They just strategically don't want to go to the cloud for whatever business reason. It doesn't have to just be technical. Um, for those customers, Skype for Business Server and SharePoint Server and Exchange Server um, are still alive and kicking, and they all had a 2019 public preview release this week so that's a that's a release you can deploy as a customer in your labs test it out and be ready for the general availability which is towards the end of the calendar year well that's exactly what i was going to ask so the preview is sort of a you, you can use it internally for testing uh, you know make sure the environment you, you know it's right and that, there are some new features aren't there i don't think there's anything massively revolutionary no it's it's, it's definitely um again it shouldn't be a surprise to anybody like clearly Microsoft's focus is in cloud and AI and development around that for Teams. So that's where the new features are coming. And we'll talk about nine new Teams features dropped in the last month or so. So we'll talk about those in a minute. But for, for Skype Business Server, it, pretty much it's the same as before with a polish. So all the latest security and bug fixes will be going in there. It's, it's supported on the new version of Windows Server and the new version of SQL. That There are four kind of new features which are the ability for server users to use cloud voicemail and cloud auto attendance. So basically, even if you're an on-premises customer, you can start to leverage some cloud functionality. Again, that's interesting. That, that's that been driven slightly because Microsoft are removing Exchange Unified Messaging from Exchange 2019 Server. So if you're going Exchange 2019 Server and you want to stay on Skype server on-premises, you have to use cloud voicemail exchange server won't have that functionality so even the server products 
they're kind of nudging people to like, well, even though you're using server, you should use cloud for this bit or that bit. Just trying to make people sort of go a bit down the hybrid route. And, and other than those features, there's a cloud data connector, which allows you to take all your cool quality and diagnostics, so your packet loss, jitter, latency, etc., fire all that into Microsoft Cloud so you can have pretty reporting for it. And they're making migration from server to Teams even easier. So if you look at the new features, really they're new abilities to do cloudy, hybrid stuff. There's not a lot of new hardcore on-premises features in Skype Business Server 2019. So, so as you said, all of those features are, are effectively some some sort of cloud interoperability, or even you know something to make it easy, even easier to move for Teams. It seems like that that you know you're being encouraged, even with the new version of on-premise Business Server 19, to, to look at the cloud. D- definitely, and 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 Microsoft's kind of counter answer to this is what other on-premises products does a full UC stack. Like there is no real competition out there. Every other vendor is also pushing cloud solutions. So there is no alternate Cisco product that does video and desktop sharing and instant messaging and presence and conferencing all on a server on customer premises, really. They're pushing WebEx teams, Microsoft are pushing their cloud thing. So as far as competition goes for on-premises, Skype Business Server is still feature-wise, I think, and ability-wise, still your first choice for a UC stack on-premises. There is no particular customer or commercial pressure to add crazy amounts of new features. It clearly does everything a typical customer PBX will do these days. It does your voice, it does your video, it does your conferencing. But if you want to get into the new world of collaborative chat and AI and bots and recording in the cloud and transcription, you're, you're going to have to make the jump to the cloud-first Teams world. And in the new 2019 version of Skype, are there any things missing that were on the, the previous version? Yeah, there's a few things that have been cut, um, nothing that will terribly impact your typical customers. So XMPP gateways, which was an ability to connect to standards-based XMPP instant messaging. So that's a, that's a format that Google used to use way back in the day, but they dropped it. Um, that's gone. Persistent chat, which is continuous persisting instant message chat rooms. That's gone. No huge surprise there. Obviously, Microsoft are positioning Teams as the persistent continuous chat tool, not Skype. Uh, SQL mirroring support, which was an older technology for high availability, has gone, um, but that gets replaced by a newer SQL technology, so not a huge deal. There may be some commercial implication for customers. They should check out their licensing. In-place upgrades, which was the ability to have the same servers running 2015 and installed 2019 over the top. That won't be there. It was in 2015. No no customers at scale really use that. Everybody tends to be risk averse and do side by side. So just practically not enough people use that to make it worthwhile. Um, and an old mobile technology has gone that's not used anymore. So not not much has gone that anybody would really, you know, the majority of customers, like 99%, would really be worried about. And a few of the, the tools around Skype Business Server have gone, so they haven't refreshed a capacity planning calculator, some debug tools, some res kit tools. So these, these were just little kind of add-ons and helpful things that are just aren't getting refreshed because there's not enough demand for them. But by and large, if you had Server 2015, Server 2019 does exactly the same thing, but is running on newer Windows, newer SQL, is slightly more 
you know security updated and patched and stuff that there's no revolutionary features but if on-premises is your strategy for the next few years five years whatever it may be you're going to want to be on the latest and greatest yeah absolutely and and people can check i was reading through all of that and as i said it's nothing either on the emissions or on the new features it's nothing absolutely groundbreaking but all, all the details are on your blog and, and people can check that out if they think it's going to going to affect them in any way uh, i mean we've get, you know that's a that's a good six minutes we've talked about skype which feels like the most that we've done in in any podcast so we should we should probably talk about teams now yeah yeah we've done enough of the uh the traditional on-premises world let's move to the cloud world so in terms of the cloud world, and, and, and this is big news, isn't it, in terms of virtual desktop infrastructure and, and Citrix and, and Teams being available in VDI? Yeah, this is big news for a subset of customers, particularly finance and legal. So finance and legal tend to love virtual desktops. So they have thin, dumb terminals on the desk that don't do much, and all the intelligence is on a back-end server. And it means the data can stay secure. It means things like traders, if they have a PC issue, they can swap the, the box out instantly and get them back into the same session, that kind of thing. Uh, that's a hard thing to do with voice and video because that wants to be local, it doesn't want to be off in some data center. And for, for Skype for Business, Citrix developed a plugin that allowed you to keep the voice and video and desktop sharing local and keep the session remote. There wasn't that equivalent for Teams and now they've publicly come out and said they are actively developing it. So that will be another thing that will unblock a certain set of customers who like virtual desktops, but also want to do real-time conferencing, collaboration, desktop sharing, audio, video. Yeah, and I, su I suppose the, d the demand for that is pretty big because thin clients in general, they, I, I remember from, from my previous days in IT, there were always issues. The, the, the main issues that you used to have with thin clients were, were voice and video. And with, with Microsoft you know, and, and Citrix doing this, it, it really does open it up to that to that type of customer. And you gave a couple of examples there. That it's a really tough need. technical challenge. Like you're kind of pulling in two different directions, to be honest. So for those that need it, it's there. Um, if you if you have a cloud first strategy, then having a VDI first strategy as well means you have to do some extra work to make sure everything lines up. And you did mention as well there have been quite a lot of new features released for Teams this month. Again, nothing absolutely earth shattering, but quite a lot of interesting things. I think that you, you were talking about the, the live events feature that's now available in Teams. Yeah, live events is a really big deal um, for some customers. So it's, it, it replaces what was called Skype meeting broadcast before. So Microsoft have this big um, content delivery network and broadcast capability in, in Office 365 and in Azure. And the first rev of that was called Skype broadcast, where you could set up a meeting, join it with Skype, and essentially it's a, a one-way broadcast to a bunch of people. So it's the CEO talking to the company and it can scale up to 10,000 people on a single conference. So it's, it's not a meeting, it's not a collaborative event, it is a broadcast. That, that is now being rechristened live events and it will work with Microsoft Teams. So you'll be able to set up an event on Office 365 and say it's you know a big company, it's the EMEA regional kickoff or whatever it is, you set that meeting up, everybody can join you know, the meeting and see the broadcast event. And that traditionally, with traditional conferencing vendors, is quite a big expense. Office 365 are just bundling that in as part of the many things you can do. So it's, it's, it's not necessarily going to be your customer-facing events in the sense of like the, you know, Microsoft announcing the share price to investors. 
that's a little bit normally has a little bit more polish around it so there's normally some external event coordinator but for internal kickoff type stuff or company messaging it's a really really good fit yeah for maybe a monthly strategy update or as you said you know a quarterly company update i'm assuming that that's pretty big especially within enterprises and getting that message out to the whole and it unlocks it unlocks the ability for smaller business units so if you're the ceo of a bank you can make a big event happen because there's budget for that to happen if you're the regional director of a team of 2000 maybe you don't have the budget to do a big external event but you absolutely could get this kind of thing going and still speak to your 2000 employees on a regular basis which is nice yeah absolutely and uh there, there, there were quite a few other things um it, it, so say i wanted to do a presentation to you over teams Previously, to share a PowerPoint, I would have had to share my full desktop and show you the PowerPoint, whereas now you can specifically just do a PowerPoint. Have I got that? Is that right? Yeah, that's right. And the reason why that's interesting is sharing your desktop is not very bandwidth efficient. So it's a, a bad way to share to lots of people. If you upload a PowerPoint, it renders on the other end a bit like a web page. So it's very bandwidth efficient. So to a, to a user, it sort of amounts to the same thing. Um, they get to see the PowerPoint. But as you scale this up in an enterprise, it's way more efficient and performant to have people upload PowerPoints and share them. And actually, if you look at most corporate meetings, a lot of them are basically people desktop share to then just share PowerPoint anyway. So if you can train your users to actually upload the PowerPoint, it, it, it renders a bit better. It's a bit more bandwidth efficient. It's just generally a better experience. And the, the other thing I've noticed is the, is the translate feature as well. Yeah, this is really cool. This is the first kind of um, dip into you know cloud compute and AI. So you can type a message in, in any one of a number of languages and just anybody can right click on it and click translate and it will translate so i played around with it with german and french on my blog you don't have to know what the language is going in to translate it which is really nice so it's like well there's a sentence i don't understand right click translate i get the the local language version so it's really using that massive cloud ai scale and compute to get better and cleverer all the time at translating and that's something you just can't do on an on-premises product like there's no ability to dynamically learn every language and every translation and keep getting better no and i suppose that is that absolutely the, the leveraging the, the cloud capability when you had a play with it i'm assuming that is it, it's it's still a pretty rough translation you know it wouldn't be anything you use necessarily for an official communicator or anything like that yeah i mean it's, it's yeah i don't think you do it like you wouldn't rely on it for business to customer, for example. Like, like if it was a formal comms, you'd probably still get someone to check it. But I think the answer is it's it's good enough to get your day job done, and and and, and it will be getting better all the time because all this all these translations are testing out the system and improving it all the time. So it should only get better and better. In testing, it seems certainly you know, understandable for me, which was good. Yeah, the, the the only reason I ask that is my dad is a translator and is you know imminent imminently a year away from retirement, so all he has to do is hang on for a little bit yeah. longer before I, the AI takes over. I think he's safe. If anybody's paying him to translate emails between people, he might be in trouble. But if he's uh, if he's more doing like uh, you know marketing translations or whatever, I don't think you're going to put your marketing material through this just yet and say it's perfect. Excellent. Well, that's good, that's good news for Dad. So the, the, yeah. the other, the other, there was another update as well. In, in, and I didn't. I have to confess, Tom, I didn't understand or appreciate this one at all. In terms of sending code snippets. 
Yeah, yeah, that's very techy, techy terminology, isn't it? So that is basically sending a message with some coding, some computer coding in, but it maintains the formatting. So normally, if you paste code into a regular text box, it won't maintain the spacing and the formatting and the syntax highlighting. With this, you can click a button in chat, you can paste your code, you can choose which type of code it is, and it will maintain the formatting and the highlighting, which is obviously a lot of Microsoft user base is very new tech and futures. There's definitely uh, a need there for coders to share their code in a easily readable format. Okay, that makes perfect sense in that. One I did understand was if you're on Do Not Disturb, you can now allow certain notifications to interrupt that. So normally I would be on Do Not Disturb, but if I said, oh, actually, I want a particular communicate from Tom to come through, I'm now able to configure that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and that's, that's it. And then, like, it's basically put your boss on a whitelist so they can still get to your, you know, the, the more or you not use... put your boss on a whitelist. So <laughs> well, yeah, it depends it. how much you like your boss, I guess. Uh, talk to Rob about that but like certainly um, like it, as you use this stuff more and more you become more pervasively available and there are some times when you do want to go D&D to get some actual work done because if you're permanently online you're just responding to stuff but you know your direct reports your boss maybe you want them a way to blow through that and hopefully they understand that they see you're on D&D but choose to send a message anyway it's for a good reason so previously it was all on or off now it can be a bit more selective yeah, and uh, and I also saw, and while we're talking, when we were talking before about uh, you know more encouragement to move from Skype to Teams, you can now put all of your Skype previous Skype contacts in Teams. Yeah, this is just another step on the journey of making the migration easier. So on Skype, you have a, a set of contacts or buddy list with different groups. So you can have your sales, your HR, your you know your direct reports, whatever groups you choose to set up. You can now, as part of the migration process, have those groups automatically migrate to teams so it feels slightly familiar when you jump into teams there were a few more things i saw uh, keyboard shortcuts i have to confess i never use any of the keyboard shortcuts and i probably could be more efficient join join teams with it with a code again something i've never done and up to 250 people in meetings which i did understand uh, and appreciate yeah, yeah, again, just little polishing bits and pieces. So Skype always did up to 250 in a single audio video meeting. Teams was on 80 for a while. It's now the same as Skype. So, and, and joining with the code is, is very cool and consumery rather than sending somebody a 16,000 character long URL in an email. You can just say, just type in, you know, 12768 and you'll be jumped into my team. So just making it a bit more accessible. Ah, right, that makes perfect sense. And I should also look, I know on your blog you've listed the details of all the keyboard shortcuts, so I should look at that as well, really. Yeah, they are really useful. They take a bit of getting getting used to, but being that we've got Teams as a single screen as well, there isn't breakout of Windows, being able to dynamically jump between chat and Teams and meetings and the, 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 the status bar that you can send messages from, um, if, you, if you're a heavy user, putting effort into learning those definitely pays dividends. And, and one other big thing that we did talk about previously was Teams on Skype room systems. And I know there's been an update on that this month. Yeah, I think we talked about that last month briefly. It is coming. I think it's it's now here. So it's still rolling out. So it's only to a certain number of Skype room systems at the moment. But you do have the ability now on Skype room systems to join Teams meetings. So for those customers that have invested in the Skype room systems, Microsoft just keeping that investment going by making sure it works with Skype and with Teams. No, and that, and that obviously makes perfect sense. You want to, you, you know, if they want to encourage people to move to Teams, you've got to be able to leverage that investment they've made in, in Skype specific. 
Definitely. The, the next big step there is the interop between standards-based rooms and teams. So that's not here yet, but Pexip, uh, Polycom, and BlueJeans will all have the ability to have a gateway that lets you bring your standards-based Cisco or standards-based Polycom or standards-based whatever rooms into a Teams meeting, and that will complete the video story then. And, and we started at the beginning of the pod, we're talking about the Microsoft Inspire event, which is, so, and I always get confused, and I know you've told me this before, is that is that the partner event? Yeah, that's right. Inspire's the partner, Ignite is the customer. So this is the rah-rah for all the partners to get together, hear about Microsoft's vision and direction, celebrate the partners that are, you know, having great success, kind of lead, lead through... Um, storytelling and examples for customers so yeah it's a really good opportunity for partners to understand where they should put their business for the next 12 months to align to what Microsoft's doing to add customer value those kind of things and i know you were saying the big news that came out actually just before inspire and and has obviously made pretty big news in general was the the, the team's free version yeah this is pretty huge actually for microsoft so it's not often this kind of stuff happens and again it speaks to how the microsoft teams team the product group have a, a good level of autonomy to do the right thing to be successful so now microsoft teams you can sign up absolutely for free for up to 300 users with basically all the functionality bar the kind of it being your phone and dial into meetings on psdn so this is very aggressively head-to-head with the likes of slack and zoom that have free tiers so you can slack you can just sign up as a consumer and use it for what you want to use it for for teams it used to be you had to have a paid office 365 account now you can just sign up with a consumer email and your sports team can have a team or your social club can have a team or what microsoft hope is you as kind of people in a company will just start using it and then at some point someone goes oh it maybe we should do this properly quote unquote and get office 365 and get the compliance and get the extra file storage and get the full office 365 stack so really i think a, a, a an impressive move by microsoft to kind of give something away of quite high value just for free and, and raising the table stakes on this whole collab story like if, if you if your requirement is just an smb with 200 people and you want collaborative chat and VoIP and conferencing. You can do that 100% free on Teams now. Microsoft Hope Office 365 has the value there of the rest of the stack and the Office applications to draw you into buying into the full stack. Yeah, that's what I was going to, that's what I was going to ask. And I, I mean, I know I, refer, I reference this a lot on this podcast, but when I interviewed my best mate, Laurie, at Enterprise <laughs> Connect, I did actually ask her if there were plans to make teams available outside of 365 and obviously at the time she didn't say it but she did give me a wry smile so <laughs> I, I feel i was on sort of the the inside table on this quite a while ago at, maybe at she listened to you patrick and maybe she changed the strategy because you were like well, i think we should do this <laughs> well well maybe 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 she did and so just to pick up on that you you think the microsoft strategy on this is allow teams available for undoubtedly a lot of organizations that want to do this and are looking at slack and zoom and other free applications at that size and hopefully that will get them into the microsoft family and they'll think oh well actually this is a really good product let's look at office 365 use what and you know garner business that way yeah definitely i mean microsoft have so much money and so much compute that what's the overhead to them really like there is going to be an overhead to running this but they have to run teams globally anyway so a few more teams and few more might be you know hundreds of thousands potentially globally or maybe even millions it, it it doesn't cost them the world 
but the opportunity there to convert 10% or 20% of those into full Office 365 is huge. So, like, and this is where this is where we see Slack play. Slack start off on, on freemium, and then they convert orgs to get their credit cards out and pay. Microsoft want to go down that same route. Like, if you want to start tomorrow and your IT are not super interested, uh, you can go sign up for Teams and start using it. And that does raise a question about does Teams become sort of like shadow IT which is something that we're sort of all battling against but I guess it's kind of if you can't beat them join them philosophy yeah and I suppose eventually that, that, that's the tactic roll, roll them up just like you said with the, with the premium model with Slack um, we should I, I realise I've kept you on for ages on because it has been a particularly busy month but we should, we should touch on the Office 365 usage analytics and Power BI and the, and the new features there yeah, this is something I wanted to talk about. We, it doesn't get enough press. It's really funny. So Microsoft has spent a, a good amount of time building Power BI reports, which is their big data visualization reporting product for Office 365 usage. So this is something we spend a lot of time at Modality talking about is what's the point in paying for all this stuff if nobody's using it properly? And we're all about business change and user adoption. And we spend time doing this. And this is another kind of tool in the tool belt for customers to go and look absolutely free and say of office 365 how we're we using it by country how we're we using it by department how are individuals using it so real insight into we're paying for office 365 but are people using yammer are people using teams for conferencing are people using onedrive and, and, and then from there you can go back to the business and the users and help drive adoption like if you've bought office 365 and you're using webex like why are you paying for both? Why would you not try and drive up Teams as your conferencing platform, for example? No, and is that so? Is this available to the the administrators on a on a three six five? Yeah, tenancy. That's it. You're getting well, down with the lingo, Patrick. The longer we do this, kind of, no, the podcast. No, it's only so, taken yeah. six months. Like, <laughs> again. So is that, that's available for people for free. And as you said, we, we're always, and I know you guys at Modality are big on this, you know, user adoption is one of the most critical factors. So like you said, if, you, if your users aren't, you know, fully utilizing the, the capabilities, then what is the point? Yeah, I mean, if you're an IT org, absolutely, any admin can get to it and install it. But if you're part of an IT org, I would suggest you should be the one doing this and driving back to either senior IT leadership or the business, depending on the scale of your company, and saying, look, we're paying for this stuff. How do we drive change in the business to make people use it? We we said we bought Office 365 because we want to be more secure, but we know we're sharing files through Dropbox and we've got licenses for OneDrive. Like now's the time to drive a OneDrive adoption you know, strategy or something like that. Yeah, and it's that reduction in potential shadow IT again. And we, we, I realise that we, I've got, we've probably got to 25 minutes on this. So it's been yeah, if, if you're still with us, well done. You're clearly uh, very, very if, interested. If you're in still awake. Of, um, um, yeah, Teams and Office 365, we're glad to have you. <laughs> uh, and, but we do, have a, we do have a couple of plugs before we finish. Um, and uh, it, it, it's Ignite. The next, that's the next big Microsoft event. Yeah, Ignite's the next big one, um, 24th of September. So that is the customer show. So partners and customers and Microsoft get together. Um, customers fly in from all over the world to find the latest and greatest from Microsoft and from partners. So that's a really good one because that tends to be a bit more customer facing in terms of news and, and activities. 
and you're, you're attending that. Yep, uh, I'll be there. Yeah, event. fortunately, I'm getting an opportunity to speak about uh, Microsoft Teams adoption and success. Uh, so that'll be really exciting, and I'll be round all week. There's a modality stand as well. So if anybody who's a, a listener wants to catch up, feel free to reach out ahead of time via the blog or Twitter or whatever. It'd be great to to say hello and see what you guys are seeing uh, in your particular partners or customers. Definitely, and we're on we're at UC today. We're on the media wait waiting list. So Microsoft, if you're out there and listening. I would really like to come, so please bump me up the list. I can't so even I can just text just text Laurie. You're in, right? Yeah, I, absolutely. Yeah, I didn't really <laughs> think of that actually. In fact, I'm surprised she hasn't sent me my invitation. Right, but that's a whole that's a whole other matter. Um, and, and there is another event uh, coming up in the UK, um, which is the Evolve Conference uh, on the 10th of September. Yeah, really looking forward to that. So I'm one of the team of people who, um, MVPs and kind of community leaders who organise that. It's a community run conference in terms of the agenda and the speakers we've just got to the final cut of speakers so we have speakers who really know their stuff this is not a marketing conference this is a people who know their stuff talking about customer success talking about technical stuff um, so yeah opportunity in the uk in birmingham free to attend uh, and you can get signed up now and we've, we've run it for a few years now it's always very well attended so highly encourage you if you're in the uk or even in europe you know for a lot of these conferences are paid and this one is free so getting a flight over from france or germany or amsterdam or whatever is doable and a lot of people increasingly year on year we see people coming in from those countries to attend for the day um, all the details are yeah on the site yeah absolutely and it's for it professionals especially in sort of the microsoft cloud everything 365 teams and, and azure and as yep. you said tickets are available now you can find the details either on on your blog at tomtalks.uk or i'll include a link on the supporting article for this podcast so people can find out where to get the tickets from yeah evolveconf.co.uk that'd be great um yeah more the merrier for that and we really appreciate there's a lot of good sponsors who put money up to make community events happen so there'll be stands where the sponsors are there i always think it's worth spending time with those companies because they're putting their money where their mouth is in terms of supporting kind of community stuff and they tend to put people on the stand who can actually have a proper technical conversation with attendees not just uh, marketing and sales which is nice not yeah, there's anything yeah. wrong with marketing and sales, but you know, you do. Yeah, I felt that was sometimes... pointed at me there, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you know what a tenant is, Patrick. You're 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 coming to the dark side. No, that is that is definitely true. Well, Tom, thank you so much. It's it's been a very busy month. We think we've covered off all of the news there. For any more detail, everyone obviously can find the blog at tomtalks.uk. There's loads more on ucitoday.com. But Tom, for for July, in the meantime, thank you for coming on the podcast as always. Yeah, no, great to catch up and yeah, same same time in August. We'll see. That's generally a quieter month historically for, for Microsoft and holidays and customers and stuff. So we'll see what turns up. Um, but then we'll be on the countdown to the Evolve Conf and uh, Ignite, which will definitely be big news events. Great. See you in August, everybody. Great. Cheers all. Thanks. Massive thanks to Tom, as always, for coming onto the podcast. As we mentioned, his blog with more details is tomtalks.uk. There is also loads more information on Skype for Business and all of the Microsoft Teams new features if you go to uctoday.com. So take a look there if you want any more information. That's it for this month's Microsoft update. If you like the podcast, please don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and please leave us a glowing review. Either way, thanks for listening.